That Naturopathic Podcast. TNP. Hello there. Hi, and thanks for joining us. I'm Dr. Michelle Pobega, naturopathic doctor. And I'm Dr. David Miller, ND, and we hear your frustrations. This show is for you. This show is for you if you're feeling like your current healthcare strategy is not getting to the root cause or the underlying reasons for your health. This show is for you if you've been told that you're fine, but you definitely don't feel very well. This show is for you if you're walking out of your doctor's office with one, two, three, four, or even five medications without any mention of diet, lifestyle, or a long-term game plan. This show is for you if you've got several specialists taking care of you, but no one is really putting all the pieces together. This show is for you if you believe that health should be part of healthcare. These problems have solutions. We know it. Our patients know it. And we want you to know it. Naturopathic medicine is the solution that you should know about. Okay, welcome to another episode of That Naturopathic Podcast. Dr. Dave, Dr. Michelle here. What's up, Michelle? Hey, Dave. How are you? Good, good. Lots of, uh, lots of, lots of discussions this week with clients about uh, what it means to actually eat properly. I'm mm-hmm. getting a lot of people coming in that are like asking about uh, weight management or... I have people coming in who have gallbladder issues. I have people coming in who have like inflamed digestive systems, like reflux and colitis and all this stuff. But, you know, a lot of the same conversation always comes up and it still Mm -hmm. goes back to like foundational eating. Super simple, but um, affects like all those cases you're talking about there. It probably affects all your you know, some of your easy cases where that maybe all they needed was foundational stuffs. Yeah. Um, but then your complex cases, which is kind of why we started uh, talking about this, because I was saying to Michelle, there's a few of these foundations that keep coming up, even in really complex cases. And I know it's, you know, uh, a theme that we talk about, but I just, I thought we'd do like a quick, a quick yeah. sort of um, quick hit uh, episode here on, on foundational sort of nutritional foundations, let's say for, for whomever, like whether you got big problems or small problems, these are good places to start for food. Whether, whether you're vegetarian or, or, or not vegan or not, these are still relatively foundational kind of like good benchmarks to kind of go by. Right. Mm -hmm. I feel like it can fit into whatever most dietary habits that you want, I guess, except for maybe if you're like full carnivore where you're not eating vegetables, maybe my recommendations might not apply so much for you but um yeah i feel like this could i'd have this, a hard this... time recommending that one though personally mm-hmm. yeah just with the and maybe i need fiber. to learn more maybe i, I need too. to learn more i do too but you're um, right i find like nutrition has to be like it's always a conversation with me and you know where i find people tend to drop the ball the most there's two areas give it to one us of, give it to one, us one is breakfast people tend to just really miss the mark. And yeah. breakfast really stands for break fast. It's when you're breaking your fast. So whatever your first meal of the day is, I find people often drop the ball on that. Um, mm-hmm. That's a big one. And another one yeah. is, um, and you've commented on this before, it's uh, like late night snacking or snacking before bed. Mm-hmm. Those are two things that I find can really throw the system off. Those might be... I mean, it's, you can't, we can't limit it just to those two. Cause you can always find someone where those two well, yeah. are not the things, but those might be two of the biggest ones, um, in terms of like, uh, common 
commonly encountered things and even in my own life like sometimes if if things are a bit crazy in the morning uh, which is on me like in the end it's going to be on me i don't eat as as well as i should in the morning and i i feel probably best when i have something like protein uh proteinaceous in the morning like uh like an omelet with a bunch of veg that's a great way to start the day it's true i mean this is this is the thing that i find there's a lot of misconceptions. People are like, well, I grab a coffee and then maybe I'll just get a croissant or I'll have a bagel and cream cheese. And I'm yeah. like, a bagel is four pieces of toast, which nobody should ever eat in a sitting. So that's already too many that's carbohydrates. Right. And yes, you have some fats and protein, in your cream cheese, but that's not balanced. So I find that, or people are like, I have oatmeal and that's healthy, or I'll have a smoothie and that's healthy. And I'm mm-hmm. like, what's in your smoothie? And they're like, well, some fruit. Um, and then maybe I'll put a handful of greens in it, but you know, it's just a fruit smoothie. And I'm kind of like, mm, great. So you're starting your body on a blood sugar roller coaster. And people are like, well, oatmeal's healthy. And I was like, what's in your oatmeal? Well, I put like raisins um or and cinnamon, um, and, ma- and or I'll put like maple syrup or something and some blueberries. And I was like, cool. So you just threw some sugar on top of your bowl of sugar. <laughs> And I, and I, and, and then I'm kind of like, you're missing, you're missing some really key elements, guys. If you want to balance your blood sugar, you need protein, you need fats and you need fiber. That should always be the, the foundations of pretty much every meal, but your breakfast, right? I was watching glucose goddess. And I think we've, I referred to her before and she was literally just saying something on one of her episodes. And she was like, your first meal really sets the tone for how your blood sugar is regulated throughout the rest of the day. And if you're grabbing mm-hmm. a croissant and a coffee, good luck. Mm-hmm. Right. I'd say, I'd say it's the worst. If I, if I evaluate people's um, meals, it's most commonly the worst meal. The best meal I find is generally dinner. Even if you're eating like a conventional sort of typical, mm-hmm. hopefully mostly whole foods diet, which is one of the things we are saying you should probably do is eat whole foods diet. Um, I find, you know, it's some carbs and some meat and some veg. Maybe the ratios are a little off in some people, but that's generally people's best meal is dinner. That's why I'm a big fan of dinner for breakfast. If you make a lot of dinner, uh, just eat it the next day, unless you're too good to do that. I'm not too good to do that. I do it a lot. In fact, that's what I did this morning. Yay. Um, I I had a dinner for breakfast. And uh, so I got lots of protein and that sets me up for the day and it's easy and it's fast. So let's maybe we'll go through, should we go through some of the, the main uh, things we talked about before, like the, yeah, get the, we can, the points down. I want to kind of just say a few more things about breakfast, like, cause breakfast yeah, is a tough meal. So I find people do find that it's tough. So like, we want to make sure that we have like fast and easy solutions. So like, if you need to hard boil some eggs in advance, just so that at least you have that always yeah. keep some berries in the house. Berries are low glycemic chocker box full of nutrients and antioxidants, which are super lovely. Blue, blueberries, everyone always says are pound for pound. Some of the most nutritious foods you can have. I have some in my fridge because I went to the grocery store yesterday and I had some with my breakfast. Um, so so if if it's a matter of like, sometimes I tell people pre-boil some eggs and just make sure to have some berries and have like a bunch of berries and, and a hard boiled egg. And like at least better than nothing because you've started off with a slightly more balanced breakfast right there. Um, mm-hmm. Overnight oats and chia seeds. But I usually tell people to do mostly chia seeds, like half and half. And that way it's a lot of fiber and like less of the carbohydrates from the oats. 
and then spooning in some healthy fats, adding nuts and seeds on top, adding cinnamon to regulate your blood sugar, adding some color like fruits, like some berries and stuff in there. And then maybe even throwing some extra flax seeds in there for extra fiber, like to just get some, a little bit more protein, fiber, hemp hearts, all that kind of stuff in there. Eggs are such a great one. And smoothies should always never just be fruit guys, not like you need to have some kind of fat. If it's, yeah, if it's just that it's a treat. That's it. Um, Mm. I tell people breakfast smoothies should always have one to two tablespoons of some kind of like added fiber, like a chia or flax seeds to bulk it up, adding a handful of some kind of greens in there. Um, a protein powder of some sorts or some kind of protein source. Some people put nut butters in them and I'm like, that's okay. Um, and a healthy fat of some sorts. And I usually tell people coconut oil is great, but if you're having a frozen smoothie, then it's just going to be like hard clumps of fat. So uh, avocados work well, or like MCT oils are often good because it's not very flavored. So it tends to blend well. And now you have a slightly more realistic meal replacement smoothie, even though I'm not a huge fan of smoothies, it's better than nothing. If it has all those kind of components in there. I'm not a big fan of supporting the Mexican drug cartels, but I do love an avocado in my smoothie. I'll admit it. And it makes it nice and creamy. It makes it nice and creamy, right? The texture is is amazing with an avocado. So but um, if you can aim for a savory breakfast, that's better. Like I tell people, make an, if yeah. you still want your toast, make an open face sandwich and throw avocado, a bunch of veggies and fry, put a fried egg on top and mwah, chef's kiss. Like Open face nice. sandwich, half the, half the carbs there, you know, that's, that's right. amazing. I'm, I want to, I just want to circle back a little bit to, uh, because it is the most problematic uh, meal, then we, you know, probably spend the most time on it. Yeah. Um, I, I would say mm-hmm. I, I'm a, probably a bigger fan of oatmeal. Um, and, uh, what I, what I recommend is, and I think you were sort of getting at it there too, was sort of making oatmeal with like oatmeal is kind of like oatmeal is kind of like your, uh, the background upon which you can build other stuff. So I, I see oatmeal like the, the mortar between the other things and not like the focus of it. So I, I make, I used to call it $50 oatmeal, which is just like, you know, I had an Italian neighbor who made $50 mac and cheese. Okay. She used really good cheese for mac and cheese and it was delicious. <laughs> and she listens. So thank you, Mary. Um, <laughs> anyway, I want so, this mac and cheese. No, but, but, but I, I made like $50 oatmeal, which is like put tons of like nuts and seeds yes. and, uh, and like fibrous stuff and make, get some colors in there, like uh, some fruits and, and veg. And, and Michelle, if you think you're eating a lot of blueberries now, wait till you have a kid. Watch how many blueberries. Well, Watch how many blueberries you will buy. Oh my god, I can't wait. I'll eat them with them. Um, because monkey see, monkey do, right? So I'll eat the blueberries and I'll feed them to my kid. It'll be great. Um, I agree. I think oatmeal can be a very good canvas to adding things, but I would say avoid the instant oat Can- packages. Canvas. That you, that's what I was. Yeah, uh, you just that's what I was looking for. You don't want to just do instant oats where you throw it in a microwave. Oh, I feel sorry. like I if, I, right. I, I feel like large I oats. I don't want that crap either. No. Large oats yeah. or like steel cut oats. And yes, it takes time to cook on the stovetop. But if you just let it soak overnight in water or milk, milk or milk substitute or whatever your fancy is, then it's soft by the morning. And all you got to do is warm it up, right? You don't have to sit there mixing it on the stove forever and ever. And also savory oats. Like I think uh, a client of mine, she's, she's Chinese and she has more of like a congee type thing where she soaks beans, oats and rice 
and makes almost like a morning congee porridge and throws nice. a whole bunch of like veg and like mushrooms and Wicked. seeds and things like that. And I was like, okay, I'm okay with that. So, and like Dinner you said, breakfast. leftovers, any kind of animal, any protein. So even if you're a vegetarian, fine, scrambled tofu, I don't care. Tempeh, I don't care, but don't make the bread the focal point basically. And, and yeah, I think you'll see uh, with, with the things we're trying to get at here is fast and easy is awesome because, and, and even oatmeal, like I'll, I'll, I'll say I make, I make oatmeal sometimes for three days yeah. amount for enough for three days. And I just reheat it with a, with a little bit of liquid, whether it's like some nut milk or, or just water, I, you can, it can revitalize your oatmeal pretty easily. So yeah. it's fast and easy, fast That's and easy it. people. There's a, there's a theme here. Make, make the good stuff fast and easy. And there ain't nothing easier why do I speak like that sometimes? Anyway, there's nothing easier than uh, than dinner for breakfast leftovers. Yeah. How, how much easier? Come on. I people. know. It's so good. A lot of people do that for their lunches, though. They'll often have leftovers for lunches. So I, I get that sometimes you're like, I can only eat the same thing all the time. But in a pinch, it works. Be prepared then. Yeah. Be prepared. I don't know. And like you said, the, the, um, the smoothie's great with protein, right? And then you can have your leftovers uh, for lunch and then your dinner is hopefully again your wheat your most strong your sort of like best meal which would hopefully yeah. be maybe some pro well a good amount of protein uh, a lot of veg and some carbs yep rinse, yeah. rinse and repeat yeah and we were also already starting to talk about this like adding in like fruits and things like that to your to your breakfast I don't want to see if beige for breakfast guys, there's yeah. no nutritional, there's not much of a nutritional profile when you're just looking at a sea of beige, right? Yeah. Um, it's funny. My partner is Filipino, shout out to the Filipinos out there, but y'all eat a shit, like a sea of beige. I've gone to Filipino Christmas and it's just like noodles, rice, and fried pork. And there might be a hint of green. Cause someone put some like spring onions on top of something like <laughs> Mm-hmm. <laughs> there's no color there's no nutritional profile really? <laughs> go to, i have to bring a salad to filipino christmas if i want to eat right. a vegetable now people ransack my salad they're like did you bring it and i'm like yes i'm trained you well so yeah. um but but we can't just have our breakfast like a bowl of cereal a croissant doesn't cut it an oatmeal with just some nope. maple syrup on it isn't going to cut it there's very little nutritional value in there so the the more colorful your plate is the more vitamins and minerals and nutrients you have the different kinds of antioxidants and and polyphenols, if you go back and listen to our discussion with Dave Nelson, you'll know all about the polyphenols and how it feeds your gut microbiome in an advantageous yeah. way for alkalinity. Like these are the things that we should be prioritizing more. Um, and that goes for every meal. And that includes your breakfast. Eat your colors, people. Eat your colors. Um, uh, so a big thing, Michelle, is getting at too, uh, either directly or indirectly, if you read through the lines, is watching that glycemic index and uh, setting the day off, uh, blood sugar wise, uh, intentionally with, with ideally some protein, um, mm-hmm. fiber and, and fats, uh, that's important. Cause if you're starting with the croissant, it, um, you, it's going to be hard to recover. I think glucose goddess talks about that. Yeah, she does a lot. should yeah. follow her, um, drink enough water. I mean, I, this going to the snack, maybe this sort of, um, connects to the snacking thing, which we were going to say, like eating, eating really frequent, meals I, that's like was that a 90s thing or something where it's like the thermogenic effect of food people are talking about like you have to eat you know eat frequently to lose weight because it will increase your body temperature by like 
whatever 0.5 degrees while yeah. you digest it. Re- I don't I know what happened I can't remember the rationale there. behind it, but it was eat five small meals a day or something like that. Thermogenic of food. Yeah, that was, was that it? Was based it? on a thermogenic. Yeah, I mean, I that's one thing I heard from one person and, you know, claiming science, you know, but it's it's not good to eat a lot. It's, it, you're not supposed to eat five, six times a day, people. Well, even a big reason. Small. A big reason for that is even how it affects how digest how food moves through your digestive system. We've talked about this in previous podcasts with your migrating motor complex. It's your house cleaning, and if you're just constantly like, well, maybe five small meals if they're spaced out, decent a decent space apart, might not be so bad. But I'm talking more about the people who are constant grazers. I literally had a conversation with one of my clients the other day. And she's at a computer all day and she's like, I just love food. I love eating. And I was like, that's fine. You can love eating, but can you make it into a succinct meal? Cause right now Mm -hmm, you basically mm -hmm. have a bowl of nuts by your desk and you're just constantly like hand in hand in bowl of nuts, hand to mouth, hand to grab some more snacks, hand to mouth. And then you're not, your house cleaning is completely shut off and she has so many digestive disruptions. And I find people who have a lot of bloating, just eliminating the snacks can start to help with bloating because now your house cleaning process through your digestion can work optimally, sweep through the bacteria that don't belong there, sweep through fermentable fibers and sugars into the colon where they belong rather than staying in the small intestines and hyper-fermenting. Like this is a big deal. Um, And then also you're just constantly like, throwing your blood sugar regulation off too, especially if you're having like crackers or like a chocolate bar or whatever. So, and I, and I find the conversation with that client too, was she doesn't drink enough water. So I was like, you're probably mistaking thirst for hunger and reaching for some food when your body probably just really wants a sip of water. And I was like, so do that. She's like, but what if I get hungry? Well, wait 20 minutes. If you're still hungry, walk away from your desk, have a snack, come back, but don't just graze. <laughs> Remember, part of hunger is the the weight in the stomach. Yeah, like that's why eating, you know, fruits that are fully hydrated is going to do you a lot more good than eating dried fruits. The water weight there influences satiety. And again, I'll say it. I mean, I can't not say it. If you only feel like you can eat like small meals all the time, your stomach is is mangled to some degree and get it fixed. Because I, I I feel for you if you if you feel like you can't. There's a lot of people that can't eat like a large meal. So they eat, they do graze. And, and sometimes it's not like just a mental thing that, oh, I just prefer that. It's actually because their stomach hurts. Mm-hmm. Can't tell you how many people are suffering just because their stomach hurts. It's not in your head a lot of the time. It's your bloody stomach. And I need to get that message out there like every week. Um, and it might not, it might based- not be, a, it might not be perfect. It might not just be like, I can just stop snacking right away. But maybe it's a matter of trying to prolong it, having some water walking away from your desk, like I said, and not just constantly grazing. Like there's little things that you can start to tweak to make sure that your body can start to handle the changes that you want to, to make. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And pretty simple one. Don't overeat, man. If you're eating a massive amount of food and a lot of that overeating, I did this, I've done this in the past uh, a lot and it's exacerbated when I don't eat in the morning. Yes. it It ties into what I, you know, what we were saying at the beginning with start, you know, begin as you mean to go on start as you mean to go on sort of thing like eat well in the morning and then you don't have that sort of uh, nutritional or or caloric deficit that your body can sense and then you just eat like a a ton of food at night and that's that's not good to eat at night and often the wrong choices i find if i've if i've slipped up and i've made the wrong choices with breakfast man i notice that i crave just sugars the rest of the day yeah 
And I'm usually being like, oh, let's just get some quick junk food because I don't and and I'm guilty of it, too. So, like, I physically notice the shift in myself. Um, Mm -hmm. But, yeah, absolutely. One big thing, too, is like not snacking late at night. You've brought this up in a past Mm -hmm. about people who complain that they don't have an appetite in the morning. You're like, it's probably because they're eating too late at night. And it, again, affects their stomach and their appetite. Mm -hmm. You brought that up in a previous episode, I believe. Yeah, we've talked about it. It's if you want like another sign, like a another sign from a stomach whisperer of stomach dysfunction, stomach proper. It's it's a you don't want to eat in the morning and you want to eat at night, or you yeah. just can't eat in the morning. That's a that's a sign your stomach is off. Yeah. So big time. Okay, um, and then uh, I really like the. I just want to get it in here. Uh, the the Michael Pollan quote, which is eat real food, not too much, mostly plants. Hard to go wrong with that. I would say nothing really said about protein, um, which, which is important because remember protein means of first importance, protos of first mm-hmm. importance. Um, but it's pretty damn close. Right. I would actually modify that a little bit and just say, eat real nutrition or nutrients because a lot of people can go and try to label something as food and be like, well, this is food, but it's all processed food. Right. So even though it says, but there's like real, but it's still real. Right. So I was like, you want nutrient dense food, real food, like something that hasn't been like excessively processed. You guys, it's not made up of chemical fillers. It's not hydrogenated and, and polyunsaturated and, and doesn't have like a number and a bunch of dashes in the middle of a word. And that's not real. That's not, that's not a nutrient. That's a chemical. (laughs) Yeah. yeah. Right. Like I just want, I just want to make sure that people are not misinterpreting. (laughs) I don't want to misinterpret it. It might misinterpret it. But I think that's what he's going for. Yeah. Is when yeah. he says real food. I understand. But I also food. want there to be very little room for misinterpretation. I want to be crystal yeah, exactly. clear what we're trying to talk about here, guys. Um, and okay. then this also doesn't mean you can't enjoy your indulgences. And this is something important that Dave and I want to be specific about. It doesn't mean you can't have chocolate. It doesn't mean you can't have a dessert. It doesn't mean you can't enjoy some of the holidays. It might just mean that you time it properly. If you just have a chocolate bar at like 10 o'clock at night before you go to bed and your last meal is at like six o'clock, well, then that chocolate bar is going to like dysregulate your blood sugar through the middle of the night. But if you have a little bit of chocolate after your dinner, when you filled your body with protein and fiber and color and all these things, then that sugar will be used more effectively in your system. So it's really a matter of timing as well. Yeah. I think the timing is really important and, and that's the timing, like on a small scale and on a bigger scale, like a a calendar scale, uh, really like, um, it's, it's my stepson's birthday today and we're going out for dinner and it's not going to be healthy and I I don't care. (laughs) You know what I mean? Like, the, it's it, whether it's whether it's uh, just a birthday or it's uh, some sort of holiday. The problem is when you, you, you know, make every every day a holiday. But I mean, what I'm saying is let it slide mm-hmm. when it doesn't serve you well to to really put your put a line in the sand or whatever. Just um, you can't go like 
you just can't do the absolute extreme i don't think and maybe there's maybe there's some cases psychological cases where that's this doesn't apply but for the vast majority of us michelle i think on your birthday have a dessert you know if you want to have dessert once a week once a week have a dessert and enjoy the shit out of it and if it's christmas and and there's treats at work like i've been having treats like all the time while they're here but i'm like okay it's that it's not going to last it's there it's it's i should do it in a way that you're talking about like right after i eat you know my kale salad that i had today then you can have something it's okay it's not the end of the world it won't be there in january yeah i think that there's like some i mean obviously this I is mean. more of like these are general rules of thumb there's always going to be outliers so like i don't yeah. want people coming at us being like well i have crohn's or so i can i'm in a flare obviously if you're in an extreme like chronic debilitating condition and you are in like the peak of your healing then you might have to be a little bit more regimented about certain processes i'm talking about like general rules here guys and it's true like like there's there's like i just there's there was turtles at work the other day like there's somehow was always junk there's always like chocolates around this time of year but i'll like i'll have some don't get me wrong but i'll have my lunch first and then i'll have it right Mm -hmm. and then i don't feel so and then I don't have to feel like, oh my God, this is going to take me down. I'm going to be on a blood sugar roller coaster because I do get in yep. my head. I'm that person that gets in my head. Um, and if I don't take care of myself, I do definitely feel it. I find like for some reason, I'm still a little bit of like, like a feather in the wind sometimes when it comes to throwing me off a little bit. So I, I do try to be careful and not overindulge. But you know what? My day to day is pretty on lock with my nutrition. So that way, when I do have those moments... I'm okay. Right. Yeah. I think that's really the take home message is that you can enjoy those moments when you understand how to balance out your nutrition on a regular basis. Yeah. Yeah. That's be really pretty damn good most of the time and accept it when you can't be perfect and right? think you'll be all right. Was it like the 80, 20 for... rule? Or I would even say like 85, 15 rule, right? Like I'd still try to personal, whatever, whatever of these things make sense for you. I think, I think, you'll know what we're talking about here is that yeah aim for perfection but don't expect it kind of thing uh or like try to be really good but but don't be too hard on yourself when um circumstances sort of conspire i like to just like i don't i I try to be careful with i hopefully try to be careful with the language that i use but i just always say like you got to learn to learn to eat in a way that honors your body that's kind of Mm -hmm. my philosophy because i hate the words diet i don't want to use the word perfection i don't want to use the word restriction i hate those words Mm -hmm. they all have negative connotations so for me it's a matter of like how can you eat in a way that actually honors your body and your ability to show up in the best way every day that's really Mm -hmm. that's really it we need to start changing our, like our language around food too. I find a lot of it is just rooted in so much dysfunction. So mm-hmm. it triggers people triggers, but like, it's true. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, so, so eat to honor yourself. Yeah. And this is, this little talk is in the context of bigger stuff. Like if you, maybe eating is not your thing. If you don't sleep at all, you got to work on that. If you don't move your body at all, it might be more important, but like Michelle said, this is sort of like basic, basic guidelines basic sort of compass to follow and i i hope uh i hope it reinforces maybe what you're already doing or or helps helps refine a little bit about what you're going to do mm-hmm. and you can be nice to yourself and 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 still um still aim for you know optimum nutrition cool yeah yeah i think so i mean this is this is 
the new year now. So let's start to set it on the right track. Start eating in a way that gives you the most benefit from your meals that you, that, that you can achieve on a regular basis. And then you can enjoy the little, the snacks and the treats and the, the outliers. Yeah. Sounds good. We're done. All right. Talk to you next week. Peace.